Last Sunday, the Queensland Football Committee lost a valued member due to an unforeseen and tragic accident. We, the Brisbane Football Review, would like to pay our respects and deepest condolences to the family and friends of Andy Jones, as well as everyone at Mitchelson Football Club who knew him and were affected by his passing. The community stands with you in his time in this time of grief. Okay, everyone, welcome to this edition of the Brisbane Football Review's MPL Sunday. Just Scott and you as usual on a Sunday. Adam, it has been a tough week, hasn't it? It has. It just seems to be, um, yeah, one thing after another. Uh, just so we lost the top of the show with the tragic news um, regarding um, regarding Andy Jones. And, uh, yeah, it just seems to be so. It's not... It hasn't been great, um, and obviously as well right now we're we're in the midst of a lockdown, so we've lost pretty much half of half a round of football, or most of uh, a round across the grades. So, and we'll, we'll break it. We're not so sure when it will sort of um, be back to normal, if if there is such thing as the word normal in these times. Absolutely, and I would like to echo the sentiments you did express at the top of the show, but you did mention we are also now in a lockdown through Tuesday night, I believe, and it so it has ruled out. This weekend of football in the NPL Queensland, there were a couple of games played midweek, as well as three games played on Friday. We'll go through those in a moment, but it, it's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, we're not sure when we're going to get out of this, and it's uh, near another lockdown here in Queensland with football. Yeah, look, if I, if I was sort of a betting man, which which I am, um, I, I'd say obviously we've we've lost this weekend. We're now Sunday afternoon. Um, we're in lockdown. I've got a sneaky suspicion that maybe next weekend may we may have affected or we'll probably lose that. But uh, look, fingers crossed that it's not more than that because uh, we can't have the Victorians having it all on their own at the moment. No, well, there are a lot of Queenslanders down there, but we want to get our local Queensland football back up and running. Now, as I mentioned, there were seven games played since we last recorded. There were four games played in midweek, three games played on Friday. We'll go through them all competition by competition, starting with the NPL men's competition. Adam, we'll go back to a catch-up game played in from round 15. It was up on the Sunshine Coast there between the Sunshine Coast Wanderers and the Brisbane Roar Academy, and it was a one-all draw, actually, between these two sides who entered the game second and fourth, respectively, at the time. And it was one or draw, as I mentioned. Cyrus Demi with a fantastic free kick to give the Raw the lead in the first half before Brock Ross popped up with a goal in the 93rd minute from a corner, getting a very valuable point for the Wanderers. Yeah, look, you can look at it two ways. It's a one-point gained on what's what's now been a very, very prolific home stand for um, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. That's 7 out of 9 now, and uh, they're, they're up in the third. Obviously, Olympic uh, idol at the moment because, uh, obviously, this was a catch-up game, but um, sorry, I should say uh, Gold Coast Knights at, at the time, um, but, um, but yeah, it, they, it's certainly a remarkable turnaround from when these two teams last played. It was, and it's a further sign that both these two sides, Brisbane Roar and Sunshine Coast, have taken big steps forward this season, and they are actually in this top four discussion on merit. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, Brisbane, Brisbane Roar, obviously, they would have come, they would have gone to Bar Bundrum expecting a win, and uh, they set off well. But um, look, credit to Sunshine Coast. So again, that they they norm they they fought out to the end. Um, perhaps you know Roar erred on a few opportunities to uh, seal the game when they should have. But, uh, but yeah, look, uh, all credit. I think it's more a case of one-point gain for Sunshine Coast Wanderers. 
but for Raw, it's, it's still looking more and more unlikely that they're going to they're going to um, catch Pinchel Power. So I think it's a matter of look, it, it might be a teaching moment. I think for for Chris Grossman and his side. Yep. So we'll go through the table in a moment, but you can certainly rule a line through the Raw catching Pinchel Power at this point in the other catch-up game from Round 15 played on Tuesday night. I believe these games were. It was Lions FC five, Capalaba nil at Lions Stadium. Two goals for. Max Mikkola, two for Jordan Friend and Alex Fechner getting on the score sheet as well. Max Mikkola's had a huge impact for Lions this year, hasn't he? He has, and uh, yeah, it's good to see him get on the score sheet and get on, and uh, grab a quick double. Uh, look, Lions again, as far as their final hopes go, you just can't rule them out. Uh, every every time you think that you now they've had a setback, they find a way. And also as well, I think for their confidence go, going ahead towards the uh, FFA Cup round of 32 to get a big win, um, obviously because they obviously their um, preparation for that game against Casarina, which is yeah, believe it or not, is scheduled for ten days away. Um, to get to get a win uh, there and get them to come over, I think that's a, a good thing for him. Have to see what happens with that one. As I mentioned, Max Mikola does have fourteen goals, but you're right about lines. Plenty of people tried to write them off, anything, including both of us at various points this season. But again, they find themselves right in the thick of this top four race once again. Yeah, and look. Um, Capalaba have been in decent form. Obviously, the teams that they've beaten are teams they should be beaten. But, uh, yeah, for Lions to come out and put five on, albeit at home, um, you expect Lions to sort of, you know, to really sort of, you know, put their best foot forward, you know, at home at Lions Stadium. But, uh, but yeah, this is, a, this is a good win. I think it'll be confidence boosting as well. Uh, Jordan Farina also grabbing a double is someone who sort of doesn't score out of turn. So, so yeah, look, um, all, all good for Lions at the moment. I believe that uh, as well, Sean Carlos returned uh, to midfield as well. So that's uh, they're starting to get troops back. He did, and he makes a massive impact in that midfield as someone who's been there for a long time and understands what that club's about. And you mentioned Jordan Friend. He's up to 10 goals for the season as well. So a great season from him. Now, this was due to be round 19, Adam, and there was only one game played on Friday night. That was down at the Croatian Sports Center on the Gold Coast. It was a 2-1 win for the Gold Coast Knights over Logan Lightning. Two goals from Kai Tepaldo, a goal in each half. And... Liam Goulding got a goal back late for Logan, and they played pretty well actually here, Logan. They were probably a bit unlucky that that game had kind of gone a bit longer. They might have been able to get something out of it, but that's a really good result, an important result for Gold Coast Knights. Oh, absolutely as well. They they need to maximise as many points as possible because as far as their stats in the top four goes, uh, they're the, probably the one that most at risk going because the game's in the hand from, you know, from all the other clubs. So when they have an opportunity, they need to take as many points as possible, especially at home where their, their home form used to be, you know, that used to be a fortress. But now I think clubs are not as scared to to go down there and, um, and you know, try and take points. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Logan... You know, as try as they might, they they really sort of rock the castle, I suppose. You know, looking looking to earn a point out of that. So, so yeah, for Gold Coast Knights, important three points. But yeah, they've got they've got to take as many points as they can in the run home. Well, perhaps that fortress is being rebuilt. Back to back wins down there at the Croatian Sports Centre, albeit one of those was against the Raw, which was their home game. But it's back to back wins at the Croatian Sports Centre for the Gold Coast Knights. We'll go through the table now, Adam. And we'll go through a bit, a bit of detail because we've got a bit of time this week. Peninsula Power are on 45 points from 16 games played. They are eight points clear of the Gold Coast Knights, who are up into second place on 37 points from 19 games played. Then it's Brisbane Roar Academy on 36 points from 18 games. You've got the 
Sunshine Coast Wanderers currently round out the top four on 35 points from 17 games. Then you've got Olympic on 33 from 17 games. Lions on 32 from 18 games played. Morton Bay, 30 points from 17 games played. East are on 25. Logan, 21. Capalabar, 20. Gold Coast United, 17. And you've got the Strikers, Redlands and Magpies Crusades rounding out the table. But that, that log jam, I keep waiting for it to to sort of clear itself up a bit, but it just seems to get more and more muddied. Yeah, the, uh, the logjam at the top, uh, other than obviously uh, Peninsula Power, who've got you know points and games in hand, um, set the 17 points uh, figuratively that they could be as far in front of, which is which uh, to me is game over. Um, where, whereas, yeah, behind that, it's all going to come down to games in hand, who, who plays where, uh, where and when, and um, yeah, with Gold Coast Knights, you know, being on, uh, you know, playing their full complement in 19 games, whereas some of the others have played 16 and 17 games respectively. It's like so they, like so they need some favours from sides probably lower than them to, you know, to really sort of, you know halt the progression. Otherwise, you, they could finish show as, as low as six potentially. So it's um it's a fascinating um. It's a fascinating race. They're sitting in second at the moment, but you wouldn't think they're that safe. No, you wouldn't. You're right. I mean, they have they haven't looked at their absolute best at times this year. Gold Coast, but they still find themselves currently hosting a final if it does end up that way. But you're right. There's a lot of a lot of water to go under the bridge there in terms of the rest of this season play. It's still a third of the season to go, believe it or not. So this is this is going to be a really, really fascinating race. And well, well, the bottom three does look pretty much set, and I think we can say Peninsula Power look. The, the absolute odds-on favourite to defend their premiership. The intrigue is around that top four spot, isn't it? Because there is, there's five or six teams there vying for three spots, and there's going to be a couple of very disappointed teams when the finals roll around who won't, won't be there. Yeah, look, uh, look, Morton Bay, who's sitting currently in seventh, they're probably, they're probably, you know, at the back end of, you know, that that sort of percent, that queue to, to get into the top four. But even even they, you know, at the moment, you know, a couple of wins, especially against teams around them and above them, and all of a sudden they're they're in the mixture. So I think that's that's, that's going to be the race home. It's going to be those final three spots. Absolutely. We'll move on now to FQPL one on the men's side, where there was one game played midweek, which was a catch up game from last weekend in round seventeen, rained out. And it was the Western Derby between the Western Pride and Southwest Queensland Thunder. And this was a classic five-minute contest, Adam, because it was a very even match for 85 minutes. Then Aidan Norris gave the home side Western Pride the lead in the 87th minute before Cormac McCarthy popped up for the visitors in the 88th and 93rd minute to give them a very, very, very valuable three points as they look to try and close in on a top two spot in the FQPL. Yeah, um, that's a a big, big win for for, uh, Thunder, who, again, a win on the road for them is is like gold. Uh, The the team that sort of, they seem to sort of drop their bundle a little bit in the past, you know, going on the road, probably not last two seasons, because last season, obviously, finishing second in in the league, that was, you know, that obviously did come with a number of road wins, but they're not normally a side that, you know, that seems to perform. But uh, so that's good confidence for them to, to come back uh, from that. And yeah, look, I think for them, top two is still probably on. Um, they're probably close enough to, to maybe catch uh, Rochdale, but uh, yeah, as far as the, the promotion goes, I think, I think uh, we, we pretty much settled on, I think Brisbane see once they catch up and complete all their games, uh, they, they probably should, uh, they probably should go on with it. 
talk about that in just a moment because there is an interesting development yeah. around that. But there was one game played from this round, round 18 on Friday night, out there at the Eric Evans Reserve. And it's been Ipswich Knights and Roadster Rose. It was a 3-1 win for the visiting Roadster Rose. Two goals for Sam Riggut. He continues his very fine form in front of goal. And Ole Dinka Kahinde scored the third goal. Josh Wilson got a goal back for Ipswich Knights. And it's a win that Roadster just had to have. Yeah, uh, no, so they all they can do at the moment is a bit like bit like Gold Coast Knights in in uh, in the MPL. Like they just need to just keep on winning. They just need to worry about their own fixture list and just keep on picking off points as they see fit and let the pieces fall around them and see what happens. I think that's all they can do at the moment. It's not in their hands, but look, it's uh, like I said they just got to keep they just go week at time as cliche as it sounds and just pick up as many points they can and let's see what happens. Absolutely, and they do have a, a, a striker in red-hot form with Ole Dinka Kahinde. He's got 11 now since joining the club midway through the season. He's only two goals behind Yuta Hirayama, who's the FQPL1 golden boot leader. So with a striker in that sort of form, it does give you great possibility to pick up points in the back end of the season, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and like I said, Sam Riggard also picking up a brace as well. Uh, they're, they're obviously they're obviously you know, find their, their feet up, up front. And uh, yeah, look... Goals win matches. That's uh, that, that's what that comes down as simple as that. And that's all they have to look at at the moment is that you know pick up as many points they can. They do, and they are actually the league leading goal scoring team in FQPL. And we'll go through the table now. And actually, Rotoros do currently mm. lead the table in FQPL yeah. on, on 40 points from 17 games played. Brisbane City are on 39 ga- 39 points from 13 games. So there's a fair few games in hand there for Brisbane City. So that gap should increase at some point in the not-too-distant future. Southwest Quinton Thunder are on 30 points from 14 games played. Western Pride, 22 points from 14 games played. And you've got Southside Eagles, 19 points from 14 games. Mitchelton, 19 points from 15 games. And you're down to Sunshine Coast Fire on 16 points. Ipswich Knights, 15 points. Then you've got Holland Park, 12. South United, 12. Wynnum Wolves, 10. And we've spoken about that battle at the bottom end of FQPL1. It's... It's still as tight as ever, and a couple of teams seem to be getting drawn into it, including Ipswich Knights. I don't think anyone would have foreseen that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Ram. Uh, yeah, so the take the takeaway from that uh, was that yeah, Ipswich Knights all of a sudden find themselves in that in that race uh, because obviously those teams are all going to meet each other at some point, and they're going to take points off each other, and to be in that that's a that that mark, I think that's going to be very very interesting. I know one one match that uh, obviously particularly you know, will be interesting as far as the, the top end of that pile was going to be uh, Mitchelton and Southside Ingles. They were supposed to be played well, right about now or at six o'clock um, six o'clock on on Sunday night. That would obviously it's not going to happen. It's been postponed. So there, there's sort of games at the moment that you know, could see the face of that race change. And Crimson Knights joined that. Um, that that uh, race, yeah, that's that might be a bit concerning for them. But obviously, again, games in hand are going to be um, crucial in that. As far as the other end of the table goes, I I just realised when I was saying about Rochdale, so hang on, that they, they they played and Brisbane City didn't put, put them on top of the ladder. But um, yeah, uh, four games in hand, I think uh, yeah, for a team that's undefeated this season, that has a perfect record, um, I think uh, Rochdale probably should enjoy the time at top while it lasts. Yeah, they're going to need a lot of luck to maintain that position. But who knows? Stranger things have happened. I'm not not too Absolutely. much stranger, but but not too much stranger. But stranger things have happened. I have to see what happens. Now, one team who will be more than likely vying for a spot in FQPL1 mid-pack next year is Caboolture, 
Adam. They they had the big game midweek against Turinga Rovers, top of the table clash in FQPL2, and they came away with a resounding 4-1 win away from home against Turinga. Joe Copas, Jake Harmon, Sean Ferrugiel, and Richard Herlin with the goals for Caboolture. Jared Brabel got a goal back for Turinga, but this was... This was a dominant performance and a real statement from Caboolture about who the best team in FQPL2 is, if there yeah. was any doubt at all. Yeah, I think this, this would pretty much uh, answer that case that Caboolture, I think, are on their way to promotion and, and winning the inaugural FQPL2. I think this is this is a game that, you know, that, that Syringa had to win to keep this race alive. And Caboolture uh, just uh, too good and too strong. And I think, uh, yeah, they I think they would start be looking at... Uh, FQPL once, obviously, uh, they the season's completed. Absolutely, they are now eight points clear of Tringer over there on 43 points from 16 games. Played Tringer on 35 from 16 games, so there's no catch-up games there. The third-place side, Grange Thistle, are a further eight points back, so there's a 16-point gap from first to third, and Grange Thistle have got three games in hand, but that's not going to make any difference. They're, they're on 27 points from 13 games. You've got North Star on 20 points, Magic on 20 points, Sanford 16, Virginia 14, and Coomber on the slow two points so far. So there might be an interesting battle there to see who makes the top four if there is finals in FQPL too, but it seems like it's pretty clear that Caboolture are going to be promoted. Yeah, I think that's where the interest is going to lie. So the, um, I, 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 yeah, I believe that there will be probably fine, that there'll be a top four finals Um being an inaugural competition, we don't know exactly, but I would imagine there would be. And um, yeah, I think the race between Turinga and Grange Thistle to host theoretically what would be the second home final um, to at least avoid Caboolture in a semi-final. I think that's that's um, that would be what what they'll be chasing. But also as well, I think uh, even fourth place not really settled yet. You know, Magic Magic United, Magic United, and uh, uh, Magic United, North Star, and Sanford, to a lesser extent, are also as well. They'll be fine for fourth, so there's still plenty to play for in the uh, in the other um, sort of in the other games. But just yeah, I think Caboolture uh, just probably too far in front to you know really make a dent in them. Absolutely, there is, and we'll move on now to MPL Women's because I did mention last week we weren't a hundred percent sure on would the points tally accrued in the in the first half of the season carry over. It will. So Lions have seen their nine point lead over Gold Coast United with eight games to play. Looks very, very handy indeed, doesn't he? you got South United in third, Kapalabar in fourth, and there's a four-point gap back to East. And so we won't go through too much detail on the table because it hasn't changed since the league split two weeks ago because all those games were postponed. But that's a very nice buffer there for Lions when the league does resume. Yeah, and I think um, it would just be a matter of hold your form and... Uh, and uh, Lions will take back their premiership. Uh, I, yeah, it's uh, it's very, very unlikely that you know, much will change uh, as far as the premiership race goes and the composition of, you know, of of that sort of league. I think the, I think for that finals places will be where it really does come into it. Capalabar, uh, obviously they they will obviously want to you know improve South. They got obviously you know want to ensure that the showing that their um, position at the moment is no fluke. And uh, and yeah, even um, yeah, I think yeah, Gold Coast United as well. I think they will be motivated to at least you know try and at least get second spot, get a home final, and yeah, you know, and maybe correct the wrongs from last season because I think that what will haunt them was their semi final loss against Logan at home that semi final when they when they were the premiers. 
I'm sure they would absolutely love to get back to a grand final. I'll get to a grand final for the first time. Who knows who they might play? Might be Lions, might be Capella. We'll have to wait and see on that. There was only one game played in FQPLW on Friday night. It was a 1-0 win for Brisbane City over Virginia, a goal from Melissa Taft in the first half. It does put Brisbane City, however, equal top of the FQPLW standings with Olympic. However, they Olympic do have a game in hand, and there's not much point going through that table either, Adam, because it's there's not a lot of change there from the beginning of the of the season, but it's an important win for Brisbane City against against fourth place Virginia in FQPLW. Uh, this um this FQPL women's top four. This is going to be a fascinating one, which I'm going well love to keep an eye on because yeah, that's that's a good win for Brisbane City because they just had to win. They just had to win a game at some point um, against, you know, I guess let's, let's call them quality opposition, um, not to be disrespectful to a couple other teams. But, um, but yeah, look, these four teams, like Virginia, uh, Virginia, um, you know, Olympic, Brisbane City, and um, and uh, Logan, they're all going to be around that, um, going to be around that sort of that race. So, uh, and then there's one club I think I'm missing that should be in that. Uh, Western top. Pride, you can include Sorry, in that Western mix as Pride well. They would be the five you'd be looking at in terms yeah. of the contenders yeah. in that division. And they will all be very, very close as far as that. And that's results are going to be an absolute premium. So I think, you know, the decision obviously to split that. I think as far as competitive football goes, I, I think it's a great move because I think this is going to really make some meaningful games for FQPL. And also as well, we, we found out that um, one spot, promotion as well for FQPLW goes into MPLW next season. So that as well, that's all of a sudden that makes that a very, very important uh, run home. There's a, there's a tangible prize there for those nine teams, isn't there? And they're playing games that are relevant to themselves yeah. as well. They're not playing the big the big teams everywhere and getting blown off the park. They're playing against teams who are roughly in the same level as them, which is important. And there is a, a prize there. One team does go up. There's no relegation from MPLW at the end of this season, so there'll be nine teams next year. But well, that so there's a spot there for somebody to step up and take them on again next year. And we have seen that Peninsula Power, who sit bottom of this competition, and they've made some big moves. Obviously, the new coach there, Alex Smith, has brought in a couple of players who hoping to get Peninsula Power off the bottom of the table. Yeah, look, they're, they're improved as it was. Like I said, they um. They just went down to Southwest Queensland Thunder last week, but those are, those signings they've made, um, no, no, most notably uh, Vicky Lines coming to the side. That's a lot of experience uh, to to bring into that side. Now, look, I don't think they're going to be the whipping girls for much longer um, as far as this comp because they've got some really, really you know talented players all of a sudden that you know that I think will at least help us side and grow that side, you know, at least for the season out. And I think that's the aim of, you know, Alex Smith is that, you know, it may not be all about results, but I think their performances will certainly improve as far as um as as the last uh, bit bit of this uh, FQPL women's season goes along. I said they might be starting from a low base, but I think they're gonna build and become a pretty strong team in this competition over the next twelve months. We know that peninsula power they are a very well-resourced club. And when they do put their mind to things in terms of wanting to achieve something, we know what they can achieve. Mm. So I'm sure they have aspirations of not just being competitive in this league, but winning it and getting back in to the top top tier. But that's obviously steps down the road. You're right. At the beginning, it is building blocks. They seem to be putting those in place at the moment. Now, normally I ask you at this point of the show, Adam, for a performer of the week. Now, that's very, very difficult given that there's only been a handful of games. So we might forego that segment for this week and we'll have a 30 second chat about the olympics football related 
how good was that on Friday night? That was absolutely amazing. It seemed like a lot of the country were watching it as well. 2.24 million apparently were watching that, which is which is uh, just blows away the record as far as uh, television viewership. It's a bit concerning that 2.1 million were what were listening to Brenton Speed, but <laughs> I was going to say is that does that include the people who are smart and watching it on the No, world? no, we're, we're, we're in that we're in that 128 that that, that streamed on seven plus. Uh, but look, I'm out there watch it on the world feed. You don't have to change channel every five minutes and you get better commentary. But yes. Yeah, but uh, look, on that performance, look, that was a great performance. And look, if we did have a performance of the week, I'd be giving it straight to the Matildas because uh, quite quite simply, uh, my performance of the week would be Tegan Micah. Like, what an amazing performance in a fifth international um, to, to, you know, to make that save um, to deny Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Weir. Yeah, from the penalty spot, and that that turned the game. That 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 if if that goes in, I'd say I think we'll be talking about Great Britain actually being in the semi-finals against Sweden. So that turned the game. Um, and, and yeah, but uh, look, it's it's great to see the Matildas, you know, show show some form. They actually, yeah, you know, and also to fight back as well because there was a feeling that after um, Ellen White scored the uh, second goal in that 65th minute, we thought, oh, here we go again. It's a Matilda's collapse. They're going to go out, you know, in the quarterfinals. But for Sam Kerr to you know, equalise and then, and then, you know, for them to go on extra time, um, look, look, I think we're starting to see what this um, Matilda side is capable of. And, you know, maybe start dreaming about in the short term, you know, can they beat Sweden on, um, on Monday night? Well, they're playing for a medal. It's the first time that a women's football team from Australia has played for a medal. It looks they'll get two cracks at it. You mentioned they play Sweden tomorrow night on Monday night. Then if they'll play either USA or Canada for, for gold or for bronze. I have to wait and see on that one. Ollie Roo's not quite as good. I'm not going to dwell on that because I could go on for about half an hour about that. So <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for the past. We'll focus on the fact that the Matildas are through. Adam, I think it's a bit, I'm not sure when we're going to be recording the next one of these shows, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, let's let's just, let's just hope that we be here in seven days and football's back. But uh, yeah, let's, we've got to be realistic as well. And uh, I think the message as well, I think, is loud and clear from the authorities. Whether you know, you agree with you know at the moment is that you know just go stay home, you know, you know observe the lockdown, and hopefully we can get out of this sooner rather than later because it's our only path to sort of normality again. Absolutely, everyone. Stay safe, everyone, and hopefully we'll be able to talk to you once again soon on the Brisbane Football Views MPL Sunday. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. All right, we'll talk to you all once again next time.